Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alexander Kessler, here with my co-host, Benjamin Bateman. What's up, guys? I've got an AirPod. I, I've started to get so used to using my AirPod, because I lost the second one, which sucks, uh, that uh, I walk around with it now, like a real D-bag with a Bluetooth in my <laughs> ear, which I always used to think about people that I used to think about people who did that as like, come on, just just take the Bluetooth out. Like, you don't need to walk around with it, but it's so convenient to just keep walking around within your ear why would mm-hmm. you take it out you know mm-hmm. you need the second one you just need to get a second one i'm yeah. so sad i lost i know it. Such a there's probably a new one. one coming out next week right isn't the apple thing that's gonna what happen? i mean yeah, yeah um, exactly. so so for those jumping in uh we are uh probably talking about two things today now now it's possible that the review section is kind of pulled out and is either the full episode or maybe that's the the hot take for next week and then we're also going to be talking about secret layers there's been a lot going on as i'm sure the internet has talked about but i kind of want to go through i've been meaning to actually do an episode uh or we've been meaning to do an episode on secret layers just like in general, are they good or bad? And then, obviously, the Walking Dead uh, exclusive licensed version of, of Secret Lair was announced, and we've, we've seen a few cards at this point. And, yeah, so we're, we're super hyped to talk about Magic the Gathering. Um, and I think we're going to start with the set review. Let's get that, that out of the way. Before we get started for both, I would like to uh, pinkies up to all of our patrons. Ah, if you go nobles of house modern andrew kelso big time salute to you my friend thank you for uh being a member of the noble house uh yeah if you if you go check out our patreon it's awesome uh we have a bunch of people there one of the cool things that we do now is before every episode we kind of record like a 15 minute to 10 minute fireside chat uh where we talk exclusively to patrons that only gets there it's on the raw feed at the beginning of the episode plus you get the whole episode unedited you get all the swearing you get like weird mistakes we might make. You get the fact that like, especially with set reviews, sometimes we'll like do a deep dive on cards like Akum warrior and like is a four, five for six. That can be a land worth playing. And it's not, but uh, on the raw feed, you could get stuff like that for all the other cards that we're going to talk about that you're going to miss out on. And, and so definitely check that out. Um, and also just, you know, we do, you have exclusive access to the discord. Um, you get uh, every Monday, we have a little chat with everybody on what, uh, like we ask everyone questions, what we should be talking about that week or anything that they'd like us to discuss. Um, and, and it's just like a cool, cool place to be. And we really appreciate it. It's make, it's how we make this, this podcast happen. It's, it's how we uh, get everyone, the content that we make every week uh, and it helps Marshall do all the things that Marshall does, which is magic as far as I'm concerned, because uh, I honestly don't know how podcasts work. <laughs> and from that, I mean, like we're very lucky. We're very, we're very lucky to have, yeah, we're very lucky to have a, a genuinely awesome producer who does a great job. And if you guys are unfamiliar with Marshall, go check out this last Monday. We did a, a, a one of our commander live streams that we do every single Monday. Now um, it's actually at 7:30 PM Pacific standard time. And it's every week we're doing sometimes CEDH. We're doing sometimes just, com, you know, competitive casual, um, which I've been getting into. Alex has actually got convinced me to start building decks and I've been enjoying myself. And we played with the full MM cast crew. So, you know, Michael and Marshall, all brand new uh, Zendikar commanders, by the way. I, I, Anno on the new uh, Rogue commander, which is super dope. And you played a giant snow crab. So, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Marshall has put all of the cards that we played with uh, in that game around our heads um, this whole time. And then also, uh, and yeah, yeah, you build a sweet mill deck in Commander, and you like it worked. You, you, we're not going to say how and who, but there's there's some there's some murders that happened, and uh, yeah, do, definitely check that out. The video de- the videos are always on YouTube uh, that same day, uh, so you should you should take a look out. And uh, now let's. Get I wanted started. to mill out. I wanted to mill out three hundred cards so bad. I like so badly wanted to kill all of you guys with milling you, but it's it's really hard to mill out one hundred card deck, let alone three of them. It's mm-hmm, like ex- mm-hmm. unless you're going to combo out. If you're going to try to manually do it, it's like 
like, come on, that's like impossible. You got pretty close. I mean, I mean, you also gave Michael a lot of cards at his graveyard that he used with all of his clerics yes, and reanimation. Yes, so, yes, uh, but we don't want to spoil too much of what happened. So definitely check the video out. Uh, link is below. Uh, it's on the YouTube channel. Uh, all right. First card in red card. That's good. And also good with landfall is cleansing wildfire. One red sorcery destroy target land. It's controller may. Oh God. I've clicked on buttons. Oh no. So many buttons going to start this. It's card controller over. may search their library for a basic land card and put it into play. I can't remember if it's tapped or untapped. You draw a card. It's like a tapped. It's kind of in some ways it's tapped. It's a, like kind of a red spreading seas in some ways, but a little bit better. Cause like it gets rid of a land as opposed to just immobilizing it. Yeah. Better or worse, but it's, it's a similar kind of card, but it's also cool. Cause I don't think you can target your own land with this, right? It's not just target opponent. Yeah. So, so, so there's a, a few cool things. One, one, yes, it's a, it's a good land hate card in a kind of the same vein as ghost quarter, right? Like it, it feels like ghost quarter or uh field of ruin, both really powerful cards um, where you can use this card, to get rid of something where Field of Ruin replaces itself and puts a land in the play, Ghost Quarter just costs you a land, uh, but it's free. This one costs two mana, but then draws you a card, so it cantrips, and you your your lands stay untapped, untouched, right? They're they're still hanging out, all all fun and having a good time. And as you said, this can actually be a rel- like it's a cool mana fixer in red, right? Like this is something that red really hasn't had before, and this allows you to. Um, just like if you need another color, if you're like, if you're playing like red green and you need a green source and you have this, you can blow up one of your mountains to go get a forest. And, and in the meantime, draw a card cantripping, fixing your mana. Um, and then on top of that, obviously landfall, when you are playing this with a card like a coom hellhound, you're able to just give it that much more plus two plus two triggers. Yeah, this card is, um, basically I can guarantee this card will be a forever player in lots of formats. In the same way, you can kind of guarantee that like Manamorphose was going to be a card that was a forever player in a lot of formats. It's such a utilitarian card that does so many things for both your side and their side. There are so many clever uses of this card, especially like when it comes to cost reducers. It has colorless in the cost as opposed to being double colored. So if you play this for one, it's like, okay, blow up my own land, put other land into play, maybe get value, draw a card, fill graveyard. There's just a lot with this card. I don't think it's overpowered. I just think it's an excellent card. I'm yeah. really happy about this card existing. It like opens up a lot of really, really cool stuff. And uh, it's exactly the kind of magic card that I like when they design. So plus, bravo, it, plus it looks amazing in foil. <laughs> I bought a Ooh, box. Yeah, I opened the yeah. box. I'm doing one of those EDH leagues. And this was in my poll. And it's really, can really I like get in? Can I like get in on the league? How do I, I do that? Why can, if you're interested. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the organizers and we can be more official about it. I'll let them know. You got to buy Please, I would love to be able cards. to talk about it on. I will do it. I will yeah, gladly yeah. do it. Right, I'll support I'll, my LGS. I'll I'll as soon as this podcast is done, they'll be hyped. Uh, all right. Next card that we're going to be talking about um, is Cargan Intimidator. Uh, one in a red human warrior three one cowards can't be bl- can't block warriors. Choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. Cargan Intimidator gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn and target or target warrior gains trample until end of turn. So something that this card does that is interesting is it plays. So, so there's this giant card and I'm forget. I, I, it's like words. I'm never going to say we're intimidator. Yeah, is that what you're thinking yeah. of from um, play, the old card? Yeah. yeah. And it, 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 it basically states coward can't cowards can't block warriors. And it has the ability to make 
creatures into cowards and creatures into warriors. And I believe itself is a warrior. Yeah. Um, and it's a, like a five, five giant for six and, and, or even more than that. Um, the card's no, right there. Uh, I'm doing this off the top of my head. This is kind of a, a reference to that. It's playing in the warrior space. I think partially because like when warrior tribal is happening, that's maybe one of the most famous warrior tribal cards ever printed. And as far as rates go, I mean, this in some ways is a two mana three one that has like a decent evasion ability, plus can become a four two and can gain trample like does a lot. Um, I think it's just a little two mana hungry and expensive, but it, it's like maybe there on earlier formats, maybe in kind of the historic world or standard world if standard becomes underpowered down a little bit from where it's at. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Boldware Intimidator is a seven drop that has like very expensive abilities. So it's this is a flavorful throwback to a card from Feature Sight, which is cool because that's like now a set that people like have a lot of love for. Um, this card's okay. great in the same way. Say what? I coughed saying you your name, saying that you because you I, like, specifically I, have a lot. Of love I think for a it. lot of people. Yeah, I think like a lot of people love that set. It's a weird set, but yeah, but it's it's definitely this is like a throwback to that. Um, I think a two mana three one in aggressive colors is something that they're pretty comfortable printing. Now you can see even like in the two mana three one changeling that they printed uh, in, in modern horizons it's there. You can do plenty with that space. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what it does unless it specifically is a two mana three one that draws you a card or something like that. When it comes into play, like they don't want to give you too direct of a benefit, but in general, two power three one is like a, or two, uh, two mana three one is like a pretty easy space. So I like this card. I think this card is, totally powerful it's not too powerful it's great for standard it won't really see play unless there's a devoted warrior deck that like is bonkers uh, or yeah I think. Or party right like this card can do stuff in party decks like it's a decent on its own warrior that then can turn on party if you needed to if that's ever yeah thing. i mean it, like they does okay so like you have the orzov warriors from khan's block that like are really nice plays with this because now you have like Lord and it's a three one, so it can pump itself, but also it's like a four two if you play that Lord the next turn. But all those are things that are just kind of slightly worse, less permanent versions of like what a human's deck is doing mm -hmm. or a merfolk deck is doing. And it's requiring you to play three colors. So that's why I, I do think that like this is really cool and I like it and I'm all about designing around it, but it's just a little less than I think what I would want to expect big things out of it. But I think the card is cool. It's it's pretty self-contained. It does a lot on its own, which sure. is which is great. You don't really need you don't need a tribal deck for this card to be cool. It can make itself unblockable and it can also make itself a four two. So right, 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 right. Uh, next card is Leyline Tyrant. Two red, red, four, four, flying. You don't lose it's a dragon. You don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. When Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Um I this might be my favorite card in the set. Name the first card that comes to mind when you, when um, you see this card. Oh, 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 oh like, like, like a, a combo that. card? It's this one. <laughs> yes, it is Braid of Fire. Braid Obviously, of fire. it's Braid of Fire. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, I feel like this card was literally designed like, how sick can we make Braid of Fire? Like, that, like I look at this card and I just go, holy smokes. This I, is I immediately bought a second playset when this card was previewed. I would have had all four, but I've already put two of them into other decks waiting for me to buy my Leyline Tyrants to put those in those decks. Um, this card is so sweet. Uh, like, it has the Omnath ability, right? Like, so, like, Omnath from original Zendikar card didn't let green mana to expire. This doesn't let red mana to expire. Um, but this has this ticking time bomb attached to it that like does something really cool with the red mana where if he dies, you can just spend all of that to just dome someone to the face. 
Um, and people were kind of complaining about the artwork. Like, it's like a weird looking dinosaur dragon. I like love it. It reminds me of like the kaiju <laughs> from um, um, Pacific Rim. It like like distinctly looks like the like monsters from that movie, which I really love. And I can kind of just like imagine the like spine creaking above people like in the ley line, like just like you and then just like comes down and eats you. I'm just like all about this card. It's sweet. <laughs> also a good rate. Flying I think this card is. That's what I was going to say, right? Like that you talk about power creep and all that kind of stuff and and how things are pushed to sort of feel a certain way and to me this card is just like it's a 4/4 four, four flying for 4 in red, which is already like an insane dragon rate compared to this to Shivan Dragon. I mean, come on. Like it's so much better. Um but the 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 inevitability on this card is exactly the kind of thing I like. When you compare this ability to the kind of stuff I talk about with like Uro and why I hate Uro so much, I don't mind you have a great threat that kills me if I get rid of it you're in mono red. Like you have to play this in conjunction with lots of other things and generate lots of red mana specifically similar to like a cough for this card to be a, you know, oppressive. And it's also just trying to kill me. It's not drawing you cards. It's not getting you life. It's like, and it costs four. You can't cheat it into play. So like everything about this card is just a powerful red card that I think is dope. And it's neck looks like a rack of ribs. So it makes yeah. me hungry. You can't, you can't, I mean, I feel like I could sneak attack this with a bunch of untapped red mana and just like pale that red mana into it to just like, like four you to the face, let it die nine you to the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. Yeah. Uh, next card. And this is what card that's really interesting to me. Cause like in previous standard seasons, this would be the card that everyone was talking about. And it's just like, I haven't seen a blip on the radar and it's just kind of a statement of how far power has creeped. Uh, in in Magmatic Channeler, one in a red human wizard, one three. As long as there are four or more instants and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, it gets plus three plus one. So it can be a two mana four four. Uh, you can tap it to discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play this card this turn. So not only is it a four mana two mana four four within a, like to get that to four four is not that hard getting getting four instants and or sorceries into your graveyard is not that big of a challenge that then if you're not getting it as a four four if you're just playing it as a one three or even late game if the four fourness is outclassed you can tap it for card advantage or at least like very strong card filtering looting and i think like that's really good <laughs> i don't know why people aren't more hyped I think there'll be a swing back on the card. I think people will get excited about it a little more down the line. It's really good. I mean, I think what you said is totally correct. If you compare this to like most of the blue red sort of um, play lots of spells cards that have been printed, this card's actually a lot better than most of them, right? If you compare this to like Phoenix or like Sprite Dragon or like any, any card that kind of fits into that mold, I really think, I mean, it's a one three to begin with. So like it blocks really well anyway. It's not like a one one, which is so easy to kill. And then I I don't know. I think the card's really good. I just think like, I think, I think long term people will come around on it. There's just a lot going on. And, and then there hasn't been a format yet where there's like a deck built around taking advantage of this card. Yeah. It's also a human. It's also a wizard, right? Like there's like definitive advantage with what wizards want to be doing in wizard tribal decks. And what this card does, it draws you it doesn't draw you cards from a draw card trigger, but it draws you cards. Uh, and like, it's good late game. It's good early game. Whenever you draw it, it's good. Cause it's like, I guess it's worst position is if they play a, a Tarmogoyf on turn two and able to maybe fill it up faster than you're able to get instants and sorceries. But like, it's still drawing you cards. I don't know. Yeah. I like, really like this card. I, I would be more hyped on it than I think people are. I think also like the thing about this card, that's really dope. And you mentioned just in wizards tribal, like, 
those mono red decks in historic are already good. Those blue red decks in modern are already quite good. This card does a lot for those decks. Like being able to exile a wizard's lightning end of turn when you exile both of them and then like just like lightning bolt them because you have this is really powerful. And then mm-hmm. it puts it in your graveyard. So if you're playing the blue version, now you have like another kind of bolt snap bolt situation. Like pretty, pretty good. Yep. I, I think, you know, a two mana one three that I mean it also confidence a two one and you lose life. Right. And like this, like puts two cards into your graveyard. If you, if you, when you exile something, if you discard a sorcery and you exile a sorcery and, and, and or instant and are able to cast it, this has now put two instants and sorceries in your graveyard. You need to do that twice. And you're cat, you're drawing cards while you're doing, or at least you're filtering to better cards as you're doing this to be able to just dome someone. And that card you discard on the other end can be Phoenix, right? Like this could discard Arclight Phoenix, or this can di- discard an historic, any number of the jumpstart, not jumpstart, uh, uh, yeah, jumpstart, the, the, the is it mechanic yeah. cards, right? You can put any of those in the graveyard when you're kind of, or an escape card or right. Like any of the different flashback variants that wizards is printing, you can put in the graveyard with this, get it back and you're getting to draw a card off of it. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hyped on it. Next card. I will build. I will. I will build around this card at some point, guaranteed, hundred percent. Um, and this is a card that I have already bought four of <laughs> homes for. Uh, Nahiri's Lithoforming X Red Red Sorcery. Sacrifice X lands for each land. Sacrifice this way. Draw a card. You may play X additional lands this turn. Lands you control enter the battlefield tapped this turn. Um, this card's really sweet. It like draws a lot of cards in red. I, I I'm I'm excited for it in decks that are playing with Loam or Scape Shift, uh, specifically in Commander. Right, I have like multiple red decks that are looking for this type of sacrifice land effects. Most famously is probably Borgrimos, Borgrimos, uh, which like is desperate for getting a bunch of lands in your graveyard that then can translate it to more lands in play, so that you can pick those lands up from your graveyard and throw them at people with with Borgrimos. Um, Field of the Dead decks. Yeah, there's like a lot of cool stuff you can do with this. Yeah, I think um, so you sacrifice a bunch of lands, you draw all these cards and you can play them. So like the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like Crucible and that kind of a deck excavator where you can play from your graveyard because you just cast this, you draw a bunch of cards. The uh, the you don't have to pay the cost, right, of, of, of how many lands you sacrifice or you do. It's it's red, red X. It's red, red X. Yes. So you have to pay the mana and sack the lands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. OK, so so you you can't cheat. You can't just like for two mana sack five lands then like crucible play five lands you have to actually pay for the five then play them all tapped so it's totally good and it has like real practical application in those types of decks but Mm -hmm. i think again it's like if you're not somebody who's excited about like big mana sacrifice land recursive loop type of strategies which like i'm generally not it's a little one-dimensional it is cool that you can like for three, sack a land, play a land, draw a card in red, I guess. It's so, nice that it has like the functionality of sacrificing. So would you play this in your Jun lands deck? In Highlander, you mean? In Highlander. Um, probably, but like, I play low land counts anyway, so I think about, I don't know. Okay, so let's just pretend I was going to sack four lands. Let's say I had seven in play. I wanted to make sure that like, I didn't just like lose. So I played like half. I like sacked four lands. I paid six for this card. Let's say of those, of those four cards that I drew, I drew one land, right? So I play it now. Now, instead of seven lands, I've got, you know, four lands and I have some extra cards in hand. What you draw three, you draw four cards, right? Like the, you're you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. of the cards I draw, but like of the four, I draw like only one's a land. Presumably 
all my lands are in play at this point because I have like six you know lands in play or whatever seven. So I'm playing one every turn. It's like kind of the situation where I think about being land flooded, and I'm like, if I'm totally mana flooded, this card's great. But if I'm just hitting my land drops and I get to like five or six, and I get a little unlucky on the draw, this is crippling. If what if I sack all my lands, like this is like pretty crippling. I, I feel like I like the card, but I don't feel like it has practical application in most decks. It's in very particular kinds of decks. Otherwise, the gamble is kind of intense. I could be wrong though. Okay. Okay. Um, I, for me, I feel like in, in the situation you described, you say you play low land counts. Most of your spells aren't going to be more than two to four mana. So this lets you get rid of all those extra lands you don't need. Plus puts those lands into your graveyard to make any land based creatures that you want to be big because there are lands in the graveyard bigger. Uh, but I, I get yeah. where you're coming from. Um, next card is Relic Robber. Two red, two two, haste. When Relic Robber deals combat damage to a player, that player creates a zero one colorless goblin construct artifact creature token. With this creature can't block, and at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. Uh, it's a goblin rogue. Um, cool. Uh, from a flavor perspective, is I believe if you know the legendary creature Tuk Tuk from original Zendikar or Worldwake, I believe. Yes. Uh, this is this is his head that the, is the token you're receiving. So so Tuk Tuk uh, died and became uh, a goblin construct, and now the Relic Robber has has stolen this this goblin head that is now going to curse people that he gives it to. Um, and I've played this in limited. I've played this. I'm super stoked to have this in Commander, where like it's just going to like create these zero one tokens people are going to have to deal with. It's like really cute. I like really like this card. I don't think it's like constructed tournament player viable good, but I think it's like. I like love cards like this. This card's really, really fun. It's like if if we only needed anything to make Dockside Extortionist better, it's like it makes it that much better. Um, no, I think this card's totally cool. I came across it looking in my rogues search, uh, just like what rogues were printed that were good. And, you know, it costs three, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. It costs two, different story. It costs three, which makes it a little bit less notable. I mean, there's some cool stuff with them getting, you know, artif- it's an artifact creature they get, right? Yes, and uh, uh, creates a zero one colorless goblin construct artifact creature token. Yeah, so there's there's like cool hunted handsome type of applications. I think that, that's interesting. Or like, you know, but but unfortunately, like the value of them getting that emblem effectively, you know, or something similar to it is not worth what you're paying for the creature. So I think it's a fun creature. I'm actually really excited to see somebody come up with a cool way to use it, but it doesn't get me excited, right? Like not, not in the same way that Daryl from the walking dead magic card gets me excited. Let's would, would you, would you say three mana target creature gets an emblem? They re- take a damage once a turn for the rest of the game due to damage to them is worth the card. Would you play that card? In you're saying if it, you're saying if it wasn't a fragile creature that had to deal combat damage. Yeah. Like it's just like two damage uh, target player, they get a, an emblem that they would take one damage every turn moving forward. Yeah, it's way better because it's uh it's it's a repeatable in the sense that it's a spell. B does not have to get through. C it's not like just killable when you attack with it. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many situations where you just get shocked in like standard or historic on a three mana investment, nothing happens. Um, they have to have the correct counterspell and deem this like problematic enough for you. Sure. So I think it's. It's not yeah, it's great, better, but it's definitely great. better. Yeah, it's yeah. for sure better. Yeah. yeah. Um, next card we're going to talk about, and, and it's a little bit 
not necessarily to talk about the card because it's a four mana three three whatever for an effect that normally is only good even and barely good on two drops as much as ben wished this wasn't true uh rock slide sorcerer three and a red human wizard three three whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell rock slide sorcerer deals one damage to any target the thing that i want to point out is i really like the instant sorcery wizard grouping and i actually have like a small shot call prediction i i'm gonna predict that on um, Strixhaven, which is going to be the wizard themed wizard university plane that we're going to in, in the end of the, uh, not the end of the year in April, um, April, May, that there will be a historic slash party like batching mechanic that batches instant spells and, and wizards like as a, to get like a magic, maybe calling it something like, like magic. I don't think it'll call magic, but you know, something in that ram- frame. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, a, a more, like a more identifiable name that groups those three together. Right. It's a cool idea. I mean, I definitely I've talked about pretty openly at this point that I think like the inclusion of wizard as a more relevant creature type is awesome. I think it is so flavorful for the game of Magic the Gathering and like speaking generally, if you're into wizards, you're into blue and speaking generally, if you're into blue, you're probably into instants and sorceries and you want things that are cheaper that have cool interaction. This card is too expensive for what it's doing. Um, Oh, yeah, I'm not. I don't even think it's worth too much talking about the individual features of the card. Cause just from a time perspective, but it, it, yes, it was more the batching side of it. It's nice that it's to any target, right? Like that's, that's nice, but yeah, like gutter snipe is worse, but a better card anyway. Like it's less interesting, but it's more powerful. So, uh, rolling vortex, one red enchantment at the beginning of each player's upkeep. Rolling vortex deals one damage to them. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, rolling vortex deals five damage to that player. Your opponent's, excuse me, can't gain life this turn. So it's, it's what's the vor- molten vortex or right, molten vortex. Sulfuric, sulfuric, Sulf- 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 sulfuric vortex. This is kind of the card we were just describing actually, where it's two mana. Uh, each player takes one damage each turn. This has the hate card effect where for one red mana, you can stop their life game, which burn desperately can, can use, right? It's like almost a great sideboard sideboard tech in, in burn decks. And then has the, weird hate mechanic that does help on on stopping people from not casting spells or, or casting free spells yeah free, yeah yeah so so your force will five whenever they when when, when, they, when and, and and when they cast a free spell they take five do mm-hmm. they sacrifice this this permanent okay so it's it's a turns it or no no no, no it's, it's 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 just whenever a player casts a free spell they take five that doesn't go away they just take five damage so like every force so i read will, this card in a few yeah yeah I was going to say, I read this card in a few different ways. The first one is that I think in mono red commander decks, this card is rock solid. I think like it's especially like, I would say that in mono red CEDH decks, this card is like insanely solid because the number of free blue counter spells and free blue spells in general that are going to be played in those decks is like definitely worth getting the five mana trigger. Um, and also each, each player taking one damage every turn means that like, you just have a lot of things that are worthwhile. Like, there's lots of like things that trigger when your opponents have been dealt damage, like spectacle, all kinds of stuff that, you know, you can definitely get a lot of value out of. Um, and it only costs two. I, I, I think in general, this card is more interesting than sulfuric vortex in one V one standard. It's not going to be that good. Like there aren't free spells in the standard, even in historic. It's fine. But like probably as a sideboard card, mono red, that's like where the shines the most. I just see it in those, in those formats that they play like 19, like all those commander free spells, right? You can play literally like any of them force of will force of negation, all the forces 
gush all Boy. these cards that people do yep. play in those decks. I think this is like good for that reason. Yeah, I think I think I think standard is the place where this is worse. Like the older the format, the better it gets. And not to mention like legacy and vintage, where like this does a lot of work there. Um like this this and vintage shuts out moxes. Right? Like zero yeah, mana. That's true. Like every mox takes five oh, damage. Yeah. So like and even in, in like CDH this card is good and for the same reason, right? Where it's like like the Pro so, Mox, Mox Diamond, Mox Amber, Mana Crypt, all the blue spells. Opal. Like, yeah, dude, this is Commander. This is like savage. This is actually really, really powerful. right. Right, and, and like five damage is a lot less in Commander, but I think that's one of the reasons it's five and not you know two. Where like, and I think this is like a really cool card there. I would even say actually, by the way, like, and, and I know this is not like a big thing, but like. Think about like decks like Cheerios and Modern, like any deck that's trying to take advantage of lots of lots and lots and lots of cheap spells, mm-hmm. cheap to free. Where they're getting cost reducers to be able to play things for free. This just ends the day, right? Mm-hmm. Five damage per Cheerios, you're over. This 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 card single handedly wins the game. Yep, it yep. can't win for sure. Wayward Guide Beast, one red, two two, trample haste beast. Whenever Wayward Guide Beast deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Goblin Guide 2.0, except you return the land to your hand. But, as we've discussed in previous episodes when we went over the flip cards, returning to your a land to your hand maybe is actually a benefit in some of these cards. Um, obviously, it reminds me a lot of a card that you love, Scythe Tiger, uh, in the sense that it like <laughs> keeps you down on lands um, and maybe can take advantage of some ETB lands a little bit better than others. So stuff like Mystic Sanctuary comes to mind um, as like a, a way to bounce those back to your hand or even like the old Zendikar spell lands, the one that gives protection to creatures, Sajiri Step or Bajuku Bog. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I think this card is pretty cool. I think it's um, the trample aspect is important because... It means that having an aggressive creature early, if you have any kind of effect to like augment the power, whether it's like like a giant growth or like in, in historic right now, they're playing it with like infuriate. That's pretty common. Um, you can get a lot of damage out of it. Infuriate does basically just become lightning bolt in, in a lot of cases. And so I think that's all really good. I do think that like it's exactly at the power level of being able to function competitively on one to two lands, which in a format like modern, that's not good enough. If you are doing that, you will lose. Um, Legacy, you can do it in certain decks. Standard, probably not. Like you probably just get beaten. They're playing better cards than you. So I think it's I think it's a pretty interesting space. The landfall aspect of it is the thing that is the most, you know, uh, intriguing. And I think like with something like an exploration, this is like where it gets like really fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because people really want to compare it to Goblin Guide. And I think in like standard and other places, it might fill that role. And we already talked about the 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 loam line, the uh, the the step links style yeah. landfall, all one drops um, decks. And this could be a feature in those because it that all of the creatures and all the cards in that deck is a one drop. So who cares if you have more than two lands in play? Um, but I also think like in, in in more commander and those kind of strategies, having this kind of cool repeatable return of land to your hand effect could be worthwhile. Um, next card is Adventure Waits. One in a green sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest of the bottom of the library in random order. If you didn't put a card into your hand this way, draw a card. This is green. It's a green. We're in the green color. We're in the green pie, uh, aka the best color now, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, this card is interesting because it's like taking the like... Because it's two mana, it's almost that anticipate slot, but it digs deeper and replaces itself if it whiffs, which I think is like a weird 
Green's this green, they really want Green to have this effect for some reason. I guess is is what's interesting. It's to it's, me. it's like it's like the poor man's once upon a time in some ways, but like you can't cast it for free, so it's like way worse. It's kind of like the fair once upon a time in some ways, right? Like yeah, right. Uh, Except it never whiffs, right? It's always it, the 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 fail rate is actively zero. That's what I mean. It's like so 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 once upon a time you play for free, mm-hmm. it can whiff. It's possible. This card cannot whiff, which is why it's. Not as good, but it's a more fair design. Um, again, this is very similar to me as the red destroy land search for a land card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's a great design. It's yeah. like perfectly costed. I'm glad it doesn't cost one green. It does something like digs three instead, for instance. I think it costing two and digging five is great. It means that in general, when you play this card, it'll feel good. And if it feels bad, like it just cycled, which is like worst case scenario. And I'm fine with that. So, so now that we've, I'm going to pause here and we're going to use it to do a little bit of shout out because we're, you know, in between sex, this is an opportunity, Ben, where we can say, you know what, next week we're going to do green and then we're going to do it like a, a, a larger subject matter. And then the following week we'll do gold artifacts and lands, and then we'll be done though. This is now extending for weeks or we can barrel through and get all of these done. And this episode can just be a long one. That's more themed around the review. Um, and uh, I would even actually say to Ben or, or Marshall, please leave this into the podcast. I'd love to actually hear for future set reviews what our listeners would like. And if they can comment below in the video or just tweet at us, I'm at Kess Wiley at the MMCast is the podcast on like how we do re- these review episodes because we're not doing more format content. We've these have taken longer and already we were uh, long winded about these set reviews. So we would love to hear if you guys like these um, and you know, this is what we've done is a kind of attached subject matters to each of them. This time it's been about mechanics today. We've done red so far and might talk about secret layer or just barrel through all these and see if we can do secret layer if we have time. Um, but uh, yeah, Ben, what, what, what are your thoughts? I think, uh, we're, we're a little long winded, but I know we can barrel through. Um, I will be, I'll keep my comments to 10 seconds unless it's like an actual card I think is awesome. And, uh, I think we should just barrel through tonight. I'm I'm in a rush. Sometimes I am tonight. I've got nothing afterwards I have to do. So cool. All right. You tell me. Uh, I'm down to, to do the barrel through and then, and then we can, we can um, figure out, figure out what, what to do about secret layers. Uh, and maybe that's a thing that we record later as a, is a, like a live hot take or, or we just do it tonight and we just barrel through like champions. Let's just do the thing. Yeah. If we barrel through uh, listeners, even if we don't barrel through do these things, but if we do, please check out the Patreon. There's like a bunch of exclusive content there that gets posted there now every week during the episode. It's like its own version of the show. Also, please like subscribe every set Monday, 730 PM uh, PSD. We do live commander streams. Uh, last week we did the full play set. We had me, Marshall, Ben and uh, Michael. We did all the new commanders, all from Zendikar rising. Ben's brewed now like six commander decks at this point. Um, you must be so you must be so proud at this point. I feel like I feel like you're watching a child grow is what you must feel like. I feel like I every week I show up, I've done the work, I've like printed out the cards. I I've like, you know, thought about it. Uh, I, I, I am developing. As a I, commander I, I, my next my next plan within the commander world for you is to get you more into the brewing aspect of it. Um, I think that's a part yeah. of the just command. And, and actually, one of the reasons I'm excited about um, 
uh, this thing I'm going to talk about in a second is about this. But I think I think you love coming up with new decks and new strategy and being kind of hipster. And Commander allows that more readily than almost any format in Magic. Um, so so I think it'll it'll be good for you. Now speaking of which, uh, I did just get permission. You are officially invited to this uh, this box <laughs> league set. So if you check your Discord, we've we've invited you. This is uh, um, Tappy Toklas, friend of the podcast regularly guest regularly guest regular guest on our streams and other content that we make uh an all-around awesome internet velociraptor dinosaur person scientist is there any uh, restriction again remind me so, on what so, box i can buy yeah, can so, i buy so the way it works is uh everyone has bought a standard legal box you can't buy uh, okay. you, you can't it has to be a draftable box and it has to be standard legal so you can't buy masters I, I have like ultimate master boxes i couldn't use unstable um and you build a commander deck out of that you you obviously want to strategize and make sure you pick a set that like has legendary creatures in it right like there are sets that don't so don't pick like m11 because <laughs> uh, if you don't open sure. one there's like no way to figure out how to fix that um and so uh, you build a, you, you build you build a commander that you have to build a set that no one else in the league has chosen. So there's like a list in the Discord of uh, uh, sets ah. that people have built, um, and then you open a box and you just get to build a commander deck out of it. Uh, I think BDM was one of the people responsible for coming out with this with Sheldon uh, and a bunch of uh, kind of the the CAG and BDM mentioned it on our stream. And after the first game in the league, you then get to pick six packs from any other set and open them and then add them to your deck and so every game any set including all including eternal i can buy ultimate whatever i want no no and and any once again standard standard i think maybe it's draftable regular products like battle bond and conspiracy might be allowed but don't quote me on that and we might have to confirm um but for sure yeah i think i think because mystery boosties are out so so yeah it's it's standard legal set but you can pick time spiral you can pick like you can go to like any set. You just have to buy the packs, right? That's Old on you. Old sets, but it's all one set though. I can't pick. I can't pick like a six different sets. It's well, every one. week you get a new six packs. I just mean I have a bunch of chaos booster packs that I own at this point that Correct. I bought at various Correct. events. In fact, I'm yeah. using some of them because there's some that we have like multiples of that I also own. So yeah, like yeah, I have yeah, like yeah. a bunch of shadows of Renistra that I'm like almost definitely going to open up for my second one. Uh, I I opened Zendikar Rising. I'm using Tazri. Uh, mostly because it's five colors and I don't have to, I get to play every rare in the set. I just get all five colors, which is dope. I don't even know. It's like dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Uh, like a really, that's like a really good open. Let me ask you this. In our league that I'm going to join, has Dominaria been picked yet? Yes, yes. That was, that was uh, Tappy's snap, snap pick. Uh, I believe she got... Muldrotha is 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 who she was able to really pull. Really good. Um, really she's powerful. hoping for a Tatiova, but that's like the better one, right? That's the better Tatiova. So she's really hyped. Um, there's there's a few things. I know Cons I think has been taken. Um, one of the M sets, like M M M twenty one or M nineteen, has been taken. Whatever the one that the green black white legends are in the the enemy colored last year M twenty. If, if Time Spiral hasn't been taken, maybe I'll just spend like four hundred dollars or seven hundred, whatever the whatever they whatever the hell it costs, because all of those sweet uh, legends like Mishra and Ithai Hurricaneist and like all the ones that are like the, the those like time. Not time shifted, but like yeah. the ancestors. You could put like that, Safi, Eric's really daughter, or whatever. Yeah, like that's that is available. You'd have to pay for that set, yeah. but that's up to you. Expensive. Um, yeah. Uh, unless, unless, yeah, unless <laughs> people want to donate somehow to you live stream. If people go to your live stream and sub to a level that you'd be able to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't figured it out, but it sounds that sounds really like really sweet, like yeah. really fun. So, yeah. um, all right, cool. So I'm I'm all into that. I will join for sure. Thank you, Tappy, for allowing me to join. I'm gonna wreck all of you. I can't wait. 
Yep, I'm I'm um, I'm excited. I already <laughs> uh, I, the coolest card I opened actually was probably I got a foil full art oh. green white green white footland, and it's like really was that in a, really was gorgeous. that in a regular pack or was that like your regular that pack. was your box topper regular pack. My box topper wow, was um the box oh, the box topper is guaranteed. It's the green it's the black white legend that Michael played with last week. And on the, wow! On the so you could just in in a pack, you can just accidentally get a full art foil land like that. Yeah, I got that. I also got um, what are some other cool so looking cool. cards? I got uh a, the full art Valakut exploration. Oh, sick! Yeah, that um, card's really good. Got a Nissa. Nice. I like really want a Jund. I got yeah. I did get a Shara. Who speaking of which is the next card we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh segway uh ashaya soul of the wild three green green legendary creature elemental ashaya soul of the wild's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types xx welcome to probably every judge on the planet's uh least favorite card in the sense that just like how do rules work <laughs> um yeah. this goes like infinite with a few things because if you have landfall make a token Oh, it's non-token, so it's non-token creature, so it's not as bad. But you can do stuff like with blood gas and a sack outlet to have it return. Or if you have like two blood gasts, you can kind of loop them um, to like mill out your opponent, which I think is a cool thing. Hopefully that works, right? You get one blood gas back that triggers the, the other land. one. It triggers the other blood gas. Happens, you, you sack it. It goes yeah. So if you have two blood casts and a shia and a sack outlet, um, I would recommend using alter. Uh, in modern, uh, you just mill, kill a person. Um, so cool stuff like that, uh, or even yeah. So so this card is really sweet. It also just like does. I can't even like honestly. There's probably a YouTube video from another content creator that people should recommend in the contents of just like breaking down all of the different ways a Shia's break magic. Um, this card is sweet. I like really like it. I will use my ten seconds to basically just say I think that it's as an accelerant. Things like Wilderness Wreck are better. I think as a big swing and kill you with everything creature, it's pretty cool, pretty thwartable. It costs five. It doesn't have a cost reducer involved. I think it's great, very cool, very fun card, flavorful and great for like EDH and things like that, but not a card that I'm like really paying close attention to unless I missed a piece of combo that makes this totally dangerous is my guess. It's just, it's totally cool. I think it's great. So what about Ashaya into Morag Fury of Akum? Tell me what Morag does. Every creature you play gives you an extra combat step. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that seems that just does that just go infinite? It doesn't go infinite because you have to cast creatures, but like that's kind of the point, right? Like there's ways where this is there is there a fairy for one that you can return? Isn't there a one drop fairy that you play it and then you have to return a creature during it, or does it cost two? Yeah, there's a one drop, right? Fairy miscreant. Can you can it return itself? Not, not 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 miscreant. Sorry, it's a fairy imposter. It, it's another creature only. Oh, another creature. Okay, so like it it just does weird dumb things. I think you're you you're 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 going to be surprised by the power level of this card. Um, Ancient Green Warden, four green green elemental reach. You may play lands from your graveyard. If a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. It's a 5-7. It's just a really, really big Crucible of Worlds that also doubles every land trigger that enters. I believe this, like... There's something sweet people were, like, pointing out that this does. I mean, obviously, Mystic Sanctuary is, like, an insane thing that this does, right? You play this, play Mystic Sanctuary, you get two spells on top of your deck that you can grab, but there's other cool things. It's really powerful. Obviously, Commander I mean, it's, adjacent or 
it's a six mana five seven so like if you can get a six mana creature into play and like have some ability to use that to win that's great <laughs> it's it's not as powerful as primeval titan which is like the barometer for a green creature that costs six and does something incredible um but it's really good and i think if you untap with it there's a high likelihood you'll win so kind of it feels very similar to what i was just saying like really good not self-contained cheap and efficient but but like a giant blunt force trauma object that'll win the game i think i think people are talking about it in amulet decks as a one of because you can tutor for it with uh the pact yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. use it to like double up bounce land triggers or double up um field of the dead or valakut triggers like valakut triggers twice with this in play right like so you like need you don't need the full amount of lands field of the dead is even better right like that that triggers so much quicker i think that's where people are really thinking like of broken things and then obviously those in commander are very powerful and this just makes them bonkers let's reclaim the wastes one green sorcery kicker three search library for a basic land card reveal it put into your hand then shuffle your library if this spell was kicked search your library for two basic land cards instead of one um this reminds me a lot of tithe in the sense that it's like a one mana card that gets you a land, but it can get you two if you need two lands late game. It fixes your mana. Um, so it kind of is a four mana draw card, but they are lands. Um, I think it's relatively weak. What are your thoughts? It, it, it sounds like a card that... So so it's one green, you get to search for a basic, put it into play, or in, into, into your hand, hand. Into hand. So for four, you get two basics into in, in hand. Um like kind of in the same way that I would have said like traverse the Ovenwald was like on the front side of that card is totally fine. It's totally fine. If you search for a land for one green, the opportunity cost to play this card is relatively low. Um, I think that most of the time when you play this for four to get two lands, you won't actually need two lands very much in the formats that cares about it. Mm -hmm. So in standard, I could see this being totally relevant in a dedicated landfall deck, but that's about the extent of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe in like a secondary format, like a historic or a pioneer, this is just the best option in like decks where Uro is still legal. But I think aside from that, it's outclassed by so many cards in Magic's history. But I like the front side. One green search for land is like a good thing to do a lot. So about that. Next card, Roiling Regrowth. Two and a green instant. Sacrifice the land, search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them out of the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. For those, it's an instant uh, is the key thing. So those who remember Harrow, uh, this is a this is a fixed Harrow. So what this doesn't do is the thing things I think two things Harrow as part of the cost you had to sacrifice a land so if it got cantered it was real fill bads this resolution is sacrificing a land so you don't have to worry about the counter issue um, but on the downside the lands enter the battlefield tapped where with Harrow you could use it and then the two lands would come into play untapped so you can use them immediately uh, knowing what standard looks like today I'm really glad this isn't Harrow I like don't want to imagine a world where you can cast this in with an Omnath in play and have two mana untapped to do something else with um, but I think this is cards very powerful right like I think I think Harrow has always been really good and in some ways this is there are formats that Harrow is not available that this is like a, a more powerful option there anyways because the formats are smaller. It's it's a smart reprint. It's the correct kind of functional reprint that is not the same, but but plays with today's modern magic more. I think in general, when it's like sacrifice a land or like destroy a land and it comes in untapped, in general, I think that's a mistake. I don't think it usually adds to better magic sometimes, but most of the time it's broken. So I'm glad it's not. I think it's better that way. Uh, scale the heights to green sorcery. Put a plus one plus one counter up to one target creature. You gain two life. You may play an additional land this turn. <gasps> Draw a card. <laughs> uh, so this has 
parts of Uro attached to it, right? It has gain two life versus gain three life. You get to put an additional land into play, which Uro lets you do, and you draw a card, which Uro lets you do. You don't draw an Uro into your graveyard, and you don't, instead of instead of that, you put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control. But this also means you have to have a creature in control in play to be able to play this card. Um, Uro's now banned in standard, uh, and hopefully gets banned in other places as time moves forward. Uh, does this do some of that is this maybe the worst version of this play in extra land that we've gotten in a while? Or is this is this playable to you? Because it does kind of have that stabilization effect. Uh, I mean, so if they kill your creature in response, the whole spell fizzles, correct? I the only so, one yes. target? Yes, I agree. There's yeah. only one target. This, this card's totally fair and like really fun design. It's swingy as all hell. But if you resolve this against me, I'm like, nothing you just did was that intense. Like nothing. There's nothing. You don't. You don't end up with a giant threat in your graveyard that I have to answer next. You just like played a spell that cycled and like made your creature one bigger. So, if this is a card you're playing in your ramp strategy, it's good. But I'm worried about the thing you're doing next, mm-hmm. and that is an Uro because you didn't get one. So I think this card is awesome and totally fun. Great design. Uh, Swarm Shambler, one green zero zero. Swarm Shambler enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. Whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it becomes the target of a spell, and opponent controls, create a one one green insect creature token. You may pay one and tap it. Uh, put a plus one plus one counter on Swarm Shambler. So Fungus Beast gets bigger slowly. There's actually a weirdly large amount of cool plus one plus one counter creatures out there right now. There's and and it being a one drop to play in that space, I think is really, really powerful and important. Uh, you know, the, we talked about some last week and you, I think are even working on maybe a deck to play in this space. Yeah, I can speak on this card. I think pretty quickly. So the servant of the scale is like the other green one drop I can think of that does this, but you have obviously all the artifacts that have a similar kind of thing. There's a ton now. And um, the idea of a one mana one one that has a counter on it that means that anytime you have something that doubles counters that's bigger uh, the idea that it has a counter so like with an Una's Blackguard or like one of the Merfolk that when a creature with a counter on it deals damage something happens that's great um, the inevitability of this card getting bigger every turn I've, I, I have a deck in Historic I brewed with this already it's not great but it is pretty interesting the fact that it's a one one that like when you can't get through just gets bigger every turn for one mana it's pretty strong honestly and, and for proliferate and stuff. So it's a very cool card. It's one of the better versions of an effect like this that I've seen, but it's definitely not, not overpowered. So uh, yeah, that's what I'd say about it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think one drop that like it, in some ways it's going to act like um, what's the one drop green infect creature. Glistener Elf. Glistener Elf was for Infect in Standard, right? Where, like, there's enough synergy, but it needed something to play on turn one. Otherwise, it didn't really work because you needed other cards that benefited on having plus one, plus one counters. This, I think, has that same effect, right? It's like a good one drop moving forward for those types of strategies. And we'll see if those types of strategies pan out. Um, um, now, now that is it for us and Green. Uh, now, one thing I do want to say, uh, everyone... If you are wondering, what about the flip cards that we didn't talk about? Or what about the 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 landfall cards? We did full episodes on landfall and flip cards uh, two weeks ago and the week before that. So definitely go check those out. We talk about every one of the cards that you think we may have missed. Uh, unless there's a party and or kicker spell that we haven't talked about. But um, I'm going to move on to gold cards. Uh, in the land of gold cards, the very first one is uh, Akiri Fearless Voyager. One red, gr- one, one red white. Legendary creature, core warrior, rare, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you attack a player with one or more equipped creatures, draw a card. 
You may unattach an equipment from a creature you control. If you do, tap that creature and it gains indestructible until end of turn. Um, so this is this is uh, the return of the character from, I think it was Commander, um, I want to say 2017, maybe 2018, which is the one with the partner commanders. The the one of the two red-white partners was uh, Akiri. Um, this is a new new return. Line Slinger. Akiri, I, I think Akiri Line Slinger was the name of the yeah. card. The two mana zero three that got plussed up for all your artifacts. Yeah, it had, it had um, uh, what's it called? It was uh, uh, cranial plating, right? Not cranial plating. Yeah, yeah. cranial plate. It's cradle no, yeah. on a creature. Uh, attached to it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this card's really cool. One, it's like a cool red-white draw card effect, right? Like you you it, it it obviously is based on equipment strategies, which which have their own spot within the side, but like there's enough like powerful equipment that you can just maybe get away with this letting you draw cards off of them. Plus it has a protection effect that uses those equipments. So I think there's actually like a cool way to take advantage of in those color combos in Commander that wasn't really available, that isn't really equipment themed but uses equipment more as protection spells and card draw engines um almost like a cheerios effect uh as far as other formats i don't think this is i think this is obviously more of a plant for that she also spoilers r.i.p dies in the trailer for this set so that's also sad oh uh one that's that small tier um yeah thoughts anything else we move on (laughs) I think it's a cool card. I think I think like I like it that it costs three and you get some advantage for playing this after you've already like played your one drop and equipped it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the atta- the unattached thing is pretty interesting in terms of like often when you have a creature equipped with an equipment, uh, your opponent's best strategy is like I attack your thing that you spent all this mana to equip. I kill and now you're like your tempo is way off. So I think the unattached indestructible clause makes this sort of like have a sense of inevitability, but if it costs two, I'd be worried about it. It costs three, so it's just like a totally good thing you can be doing that's not pushed. It's just a fun thing. And I think Sander doesn't have the best equipment, so it's it's right in that range for me. I like it, though. Um, cleric of Life's Bond. White, black, vampire cleric. Whenever another cleric enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Whenever you gain life for the first time each turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Cleric of the Life Bond. Cleric Lord. This card's sweet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think this card is a cleric lord that is doing the Ajani's pride mate thing. Not totally, but like it grows every turn you gain life. And in like the soul warden type of deck, this is a just a really good card. When 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 white black already wants to kind of gain drain, and those those soul sisters cards you're going to play are going to do that. This is like one of those lords that's like a like a little unfairly costed for what it's doing. In the right strategy, this card is a must kill. It's like very good. Uh, also it's cool like it is a vampire so like even in vampire strategies this offers like there's enough vampire and clerics at the same time that you'll get some life gain triggers off of that but then vampires play so much in life gain space as is that like this just as a vampire that can become in in 8-8 in in 5 turns is something that is maybe worth considering Um, and it's also the first time each turn so if you can gain life on their turn and your turn it's 2 per turn it's a two mana two two, correct? Correct. So, like turn one soul warden or soul's attendant or any of those cards, essence warden. It's a two mana three three already. Mm-hmm. Like the turn you play it, just like with your standard one drop that in modern has twelve copies, and then the fact that it just goes like I think twelve of those and eight Johnny's pride mates with this card already, even without playing tribal, is like pretty savage. Right. It's like right. really good. 
Uh, and the fact that you can play that, like, turn one Soul Warden, turn two this, t- their turn if they play a creature, this is now a 4-4. Four, four. On your turn, if you play a creature, it's now a 5-5. Five, five. Um, and you don't even need a Cleric, right? And then now you have a, a two-mana 5-5 five, five you're swinging with on turn three is, like... Plus, you have you have anointed priest as well. So in in white, green, black, if you want to just play, you have sit, you have twelve of each. You have twenty four creatures, one drops and two drops in white, green, black that are all so 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 synergistic mm-hmm. with any of the white or black or white black spells that resurrect ones and two drops. Like, just play Sarah's uh, uh, Sarah Ascendant, and, like you're <laughs> done and done. Your deck right. is like built. That's the, that's that that's the deck. Like it's pretty good. Grackmoss Skyclave Ravager, one green black zero zero Hydra Horror. Grackmoss Skyclave Ravager enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever another creature you control dies, if it had a plus one plus one counter on it, put a plus one plus one counter on Grackma. When Grackma dies, create an XX black and green Hydra creature token where X is the number of plus one plus one counters on Grackma. I do think this is on the top end of best green black counters magic excuse me, commanders, like playing in that, in that, um, in that, uh, what's it called? Constrictor space, right? Where it like, it yeah. allows itself to be this kind of engine for it, um, and use for it versus some other options that I think I've liked less. Um, other than that, it's a Hydra horror. It's, it's, it looks like three Triceratopses are its head. It's got Triceratops heads. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's less, it's a less artifact dependent card that falls into the hardened scale space. Mm-hmm. It's less combo-y. Uh, those those decks are like pretty artifact heavy and pretty comboy. This with like Winding Constrictor and any of the like Una's Black Guard type of one and two drops that just have counters on them. Cards makes this just a really strong sort of um, what's the white green card from Gate Crash that everyone the two drop uh, two mana two two. You make a token when it dies or when they play a spell on your turn. It's called Voice of Resurgence. Uh, it's 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 kind of like a. Uh, it's not the same because it's not a two drop, but it has that same flavor as a, a voice of resurgence where like play this in the correct deck and like you have a real hard time getting around mm-hmm. it. Cause if this mm-hmm. dies, it's probably going to come back as like a four, four or five, five. Yeah. And that's hard to deal with. It, it's nice also that there's just like board wipe resistance, right? This, this, those strategies can often be like, I have a bunch of creatures in play that get really big. Oh no. Wrath of God. I lose. This is like, Oh no. Wrath of God. I have a 12, 12. Um, so I think, I think that's exactly. pretty sweet as well. Um, next card is Kaza Royal Chaser, blue, red, legendary creature, human wizard, one, two, flying haste. The next instant or sorcery spell, you can tap them to have the effect. The next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less, where X is the number of wizards you control as this ability resolves. Um, and I think it, it, they are writing a dope weird like sky skateboard slash broom all about it uh i'm this has to be one of your more i'm surprised you haven't just already built a commander deck around this card at this point i mean it's pretty it's pretty dope right like the fact that it's a the fact that it has haste is is very significant um you know it's x less where it's the number of wizards you control means that you got to kind of assume that on turn three when you cast this you're going to be casting a three drop for two um, or a two drop for one kind of a thing. And, uh, I think it's cool. It's just that like, so a two mana one, two that you tap to make it cost X less. How different is this from actually just like electromancer that you don't tap? Well, it's a legendary creature, so you can play it in your command zone in, in, in like in construction from a commander. From a commander deck perspective, like all your spells are cheaper and it costs two, but like Baral can do that. I guess this is blue red. So yeah, I guess that's like where you get the 
Yeah, you get it's blue red, so you get more cards than Baral gets. Uh, it is also a in in some of the Baral, one of the powerful thing about commanders that are two mana is that you just can keep getting them right. Like the more you you can even if they answer this the first time, it's only four mana the second time versus and six mana the third time versus like most commanders, which like you get two casts out of them at best maybe a third this you can get up to like five casts because it's only going to be like it's like how, it's like it's like how sig is like i right I, I love i love cheap commanders i'm like a, i'm like a pretty big proponent of cheap commanders i think like they make the game a lot more like real magic as mm-hmm. opposed to like my whole thing is built around the idea that i'll get this four or five drop once and then like again the next turn and the only way that'll happen is if i'm not doing powerful things mm-hmm. so people like let me live and, Whereas, and, like, you can be just be aggressive anyway with a two drop commander, probably. Right, and and I think I think like even if you just looked her, at, at her as like a tap, make one card cost one less, right? Like 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 not even the wizard tribal thing, just like yeah, it has like a medium electromancer effect. I think is powerful. Also, just a flying haste one two for two mana is like a pretty efficient body, and that's and that's I think the difference, right? Is like it has evasion, um, it has haste. Those are things electromancer doesn't have. And the ability to take advantage of those, I think, in this is going to be a lot sweeter. And it can stack. If you have any other wizard tribal, it goes from every spell costs one less to being able to cast a five drop for two mana, right? Like, that's that's not that hard to imagine pulling off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with, like, yeah, you mentioned, like, Electromancer. Like, it's pretty pretty bonkers there. Like, in Baral, any of those cards. Seems seems good. I'm at, yeah, like, imagine, like, this, this, this yeah. seems, like, really good. Imagine, like, Snapcaster Maging a Mystic Confluence with this in play, Snapcaster Mage, for, like three mana <laughs> yeah dope. Uh, <laughs> moss pit skeleton black green plant skeleton two two kicker three if moss pit skeleton was kicked it enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it so it's a five mana five five or a two mana two two whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control if pot moss pit skeleton was in your graveyard you may put it on top of your library um something i really like about this card is it's a kicker spell that is like we, we talked about this a little bit last week with the with the shade, the the bloodgast one. It has a similar feel to it. It doesn't draw you a card by coming back into play, but it does return go to your, your top of your deck. It can block though. So it's like much more of a wall you can put in front of people. And the fact that like it's on curve as a two drop, a two mana two two, or it's on curve as a five drop, a five mana five five, that like then will buy back the other ones what's cool it, it, if you have two of them they loop each other right that's something i really like as well so you can kind of always have a blocker and you can kind of do that like abyss situation um and it plays in the plus one plus one counter space that we were talking about earlier yeah i think uh medium powered card i don't think it's like particularly notable but but i liked it i think i also think the art's cool i like it yep uh marasa root grazer green white beast vigilance you two three so two mana two three uh you may tap it to put a basic land card from your hand onto the battlefield or you may tap it to return target basic land card you would control to its owner's hand um uh, definitely meant to be a landfall uh uh uh, assistant the fact that it lets you put lands into your hand from your hand into play is actually pretty cool in a different way um for a body that's relatively powerful and has vigilance so you can attack with your two three for two and then put a land in the play or return a land to your hand if you want to give something landfall um yeah i think yeah it's, i think what you said is totally correct i don't know if that a green white is necessarily where you want to be in a dedicated landfall deck i feel like it's probably red white for the sake of aggressive creatures but if it's green for like lotus cobra like there's a lot of mana. Like there's definitely a turn two this card, turn three Lotus Cobra, um, 
play land that's a fetch land, put land into play that's a fetch land, like activate both of them, get like five mana additional on turn three. That's pretty bonkers. Um, yeah, I think right. I think, like you can play one, get one. I think like tap for them, st- tap it for a standard environment. Like Omnath is obviously now the like the thing people are being judged against, and this isn't even close to seeing play there. I think in like a Highlander environment or Brawl, this is a key piece to some of those decks, especially if you want to be more in the green white side, um, which the legendary green white creature does kind of play in that landfall, like lands in your hand matter space at least. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Omnath Locus of Creation. Um, we talked about a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. In the meantime, uh, ban this card in standard. It's it's bonkers, and I think this is going has a very high chance to be problematic in uh, other formats. Honestly, Wizards, stop printing four drops that become free. Like Omnath being a four drop that makes it replaces itself in mana if you play enough lands. Uh, while Wilderness Reclamation was problematic the red enchantment that did the same thing Four drops that make themselves free is a mistake. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts on Omnath since I think you missed the episode where we really talked about it. Uh, no, I mean, we, you and I talked about it a little bit of the, like the other night. Like I, I agree. I think that the, the, the haymaker sort of swing of getting like an additional four to five power thing is too good and makes magic like a lot less fun. You, it's hard to recover from one person like getting a free four to five drop. It's like a very, if it happens twice, the game's pretty much over. But the power of four and five drops now in Magic are such that like, if you play already a really good card and then out of it, you get like another really good card. Now I have to answer two things. And like, I was doing my thing. My strategy was probably constructed to like take advantage of my own deck, not answer yours. It's probably not as good as that, right? Unless I just happen to have exactly the right answer. Like I'll just get steamrolled, which is never fun because it feels like the, the power you're getting for that mana is just too high. Yep. Um, and they, and they, they put, they put six, they put six and seven power um, effect now into four and five, which is like why getting a free four to five is like bonkers. Good. Um, next card is aura skyclave hierophant two white black legendary creature core cleric lifelink three, three when aura skyclave hierophant or another cleric you control dies Return target cleric card with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, Michael uh, famously played this on our stream on Monday. So check that video out if you want to see it as a commander. Uh, clerics are seemed really strong. Um, I think he needs a little, maybe he, he mentioned needing more ways to self mill himself. Um, you helped him there <laughs> with your mill deck. So he didn't need that help on uh, the stream. But uh, this card's really sweet. I like really like it. It's a cool card. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for more cleric tribal. Is there, there feels like there must be some sort of infinite loop that exists with this and a three mana card that can like sacrifice to resurrect kind of a thing. I guess it, it has to be equal or lesser, but like it does feel like this is set up to, to result in an eventual infinite loop that hasn't maybe been printed yet. Basically what you need is you need a, uh, a cl- yeah, who knows? Okay. Yeah. Basically you need, you need, if you get a creature that's a true dropper or, or less or a smaller creature that can bring back a bigger creature that also sacrifices itself. And both of the, both of them are clerics. You can go infinite and, and get extra features from that. Right. So, so that would be cool one day. Uh, it's a cool card though. Um, next card. I think this is one you are extremely hyped about, which is soaring thought thief, blue, black, three human rogue flash flying. As long as your opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, rogues, you control get plus one plus zero. Whenever one or more rogues, you control attack each opponent mills two cards. This card is so good. So I'm about, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm about like 
probably tonight after the episode, I'm a few games away from Mythic in Historic, and it's on the back of this Blue Black Rogues deck that was already good last season, but now with this card, I replaced all of the Brianborn Cutthroats with this card, and it's just way better. Like, yeah, like this with um, the one drop in black, the Thieves Thieves Guild Enforcer, the two of those together with like Brown in the lock is just very, very powerful. Um this being a two mana one three with flash already is like pretty good. I mean, like two mana one three with flash is almost playable anyway. And the fact that it's a relevant creature type and mills them and like plus one plus O to your rogue. So two of these, which happens pretty often, you've got like plus two plus O to all your rogues. There's also the land now that is a rogue that you can play as a clone of your own creature which I'm playing one of in the deck, so I wouldn't you, because like cloning this pre-combat, just plus two plus O to everything. It's it's really good. It's it's, it's like the very pushed for what it is. The 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 if it, often it's also a flash flying two three for two, right? Like it, it's not that hard. Yeah. Even if you play this as a one three on turn two at the end of the turn, on your turn three, it shouldn't be that hard to get them to get that many cards into their graveyard to get that extra damage in. And then the next turn, you should it's not hard at all because this milled them twice or for, for four mana, four cards in between. So, yeah, I think this card's insane. Uh, there, there, there are rumors that in new standard now that uh, Uro is banned, um, which we haven't even touched upon, but Ur- Uro is banned. Rogues is actually one of the decks that does beat up on the Omnath decks pretty hard in standard. So there's even that as an option as well. Um, and this card's a feature of all that. Spool. I would yep. say, I would just say really quickly that the card Curious Obsession, which is like one of my favorite cards and I'm like an enormous fan of, I think that card's amazing. Flat flying creatures <laughs> for two mana in like blue black that you can like flash in end of turn and play that on the next turn are insane. And Fairy Vandal, which is another one of my favorites, is especially good because it flashes in as a one, two and then domes them and becomes a 3-4 by the time your your combat step on turn 3 is over, which, like, with Spell Pierce open, they just basically lose unless, right. like, they have exactly the right answer. It's, like, game over pretty fast. Um, so, next card, Spoils of an Adventure, 4 white, blue, instant. This spell costs 1 less to cast uh, for each creature in your party. You gain 3 life and draw 3 cards. It's an instant. So what's interesting to me is, like... If you have a wizard in play, this is a five mana Sphinx's Revelation without really being like, like it's just Sphinx's Revelation on five, right? Like it's just you draw three cards, you pay five mana, you gain, th- you gain three life. It doesn't have the scale up mode, but it, what it does has if you like accidentally just have a wizard and cleric in play, which in blue white actually isn't probably that hard to pull off. It's now a four mana draw three cards, gain three life. And and the fact that it's an instant, I think is also really impressive. I think this is actually one of the better, similar to how we were talking about the reanimator black. Um, um, yeah. One that like just adjacently is extremely powerful because for four mana, you could reanimate two things accidentally or for five mana, you get like double reanimation. This to me is also similar where just like the standard effect I've played in standard environments, six mana to draw four cards at instant speed. And there are a lot of times where drawing three cards and getting through life would be better than that effect. And this gets cheaper if I'm playing with wizards, which are just a thing that you like have <laughs> magic. I feel like when you were talking about like a second ago, cost reducers, the, the idea of a Jeskai deck that's playing like four Baral, four Electromancer and discard with counter spells is pretty nuts because mm-hmm. already just, just turn two, like you play this, then the next turn 
these cost six naturally, right? So you won't be able to cast it on turn three unless you had a one drop that was in the correct tribe, which you might, because that's what the deck is doing. But if you do, you go one drop, two drop this card, draw three, gain three, end of turn on turn three. That seems nuts. That seems pretty, pretty, pretty unfair. Like, yeah. I'm really about that. That seems like a really fun thing to do. Yep. I think I think people have, have like, because party is like something people are resistant on, they didn't like read that this card just is Sphinx's Revelation attacked if you have one creature in play. <laughs> yep. uh and that creature type like cleric wizard cleric and wizard both are just like on creatures randomly like you're gonna like when i like looked up clerics like oh i didn't realize that x was a cleric and it's just because it is and therefore you can take advantage of it yep sweet next card uh Veral's the split current x blue green legendary creature serpent Veral is the split current enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each mana spent to cast it uh, whenever you cast a kick spell, you may remove two plus one plus one counters from Varel's. If you do copy that spell, you may choose new targets for that copy. Um, so this is the card that Marshall played with on uh, Monday's stream. Definitely check his deck out. There's also a deck list on that stream for you to look. And Marshall may even put in the description of this episode, uh, as well as the rest of our, ours, or I might remember to do it. And this card is sweet. It's a... Um, a big snaky boy that makes kicker spells go crazy. Marshall was definitely very, did some sweet things on, on the other day. Like it's a really cool kickers matter card. I think it's a, the best kickers matter commander probably out there better than the red green one from Dominaria. That was like an uncommon. Um, and just does like really cool things. It's way better. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, uh, obviously scalably a creature that it has as much power as the mana you pay for it. And it flies, is way better than the use of print. So the idea that this is like a three mana three, three that just can copy a spell is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like very good. That Something very that's powerful. cool about it too, is like, I think it's one of the first times they've ever allowed a spell to just copy any permanent. Like if it copies yeah. a permanent, you get a token, yep. which is really cool. So you either get like the copy of the spell or token. I think that's, that's really sweet. Yasharin, Implacable Earth, two green white legendary creature elemental boar. When Yasharin enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic forest card and a basic plains card. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. Players can't get, pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. It is a 4-4. One of my favorite cards in the whole set. I think this card is super cool from like a just like fun and functional design perspective, which is like as a new player, you're like, I cast this card. It will always feel good. Even though like what I'm doing in my deck and like what I've designed and synergies, maybe are not that complex. The idea that a four mana four, four that has like some hate bear abilities that draws two cards is excellent. It's a very, very, very good card. Uh, yeah. I mean, people are talking about this as being like, like for a while, the black white legends that does three, uh, what's his face has been a good hate bears commander in CDH. There's like real conversations that a green, white, hate bears deck is possible with this because it's just like draws you two cards so you're gonna hit your land drops you can use those lands for whatever you need them to and then like players can't gain life players can't pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities is like pretty powerful pretty pretty strong um great like the fact that people can't pay like you can't fetch with this in play right i'm i'm not crazy because you can't pay no, you, life. No, you can't pay life. Yeah, you can't yeah. fetch. Like, this shuts down fetch lands. That, like, that's modern playable, right? Like, I, I can imagine a world where this, like, slides right into that Siege Rhino spot. It doesn't stabilize the same way that Siege Rhino does, but it does just, like, shut your opponent's lands down forever. Um, and, like, uh, gets rid of other effects that are really powerful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. 
Uh, also with Iola's influence, if you have Iola's influence in your deck and you're playing like a lands matters deck, you like play that on turn bears. three, pass, play this on turn four, draw your two cards, and then like you can discard those two cards to make a two two end of turn, which yep. like Yep. You can just both make sick. two two twos, right? You can make a four four. You can make a uh, some two two. Is it discard one land or is it discard two lands? Iola's influence is discard one land. It's 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 seismic assault for one but for bears. Oh, so it's so not, so on turn three you pass, you take the damage, then you play this card, and then it's like get two lands, discard two lands, make four more power. That mm-hmm. seems great. Yep, 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 yep. Uh Zagris Thief of Heartbeats, four red black, legendary creature, vampire rogue, four four. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Uh flying death touch haste. Other creatures you control have death touch. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. Um first off, I think that second ability should just be how death touch reads. I think Death Touch should just be given destroy Planeswalker as 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 errata and just like let that be a thing. Makes Death Touch creatures way better and Planeswalker is worse, but I think that was something that I wish was true for all of War of the Sparks time and standard. Um otherwise this is a Death Touch in Red Black Lord. If you can like cool thing you with always the Death Touch is giving it to first strikers and giving it to uh trample creatures is always like really dumb. Cause like the way that both of those work with Death Touch is like very hard to beat. Otherwise, I think it's just fine. I think like there's other red black commanders I'm more excited by, but like Death Touch Tribal is a thing that could be interesting. Um Zerith, or do you have any comments on this? No, I think it's I think it's totally powerful. I think like uh the the cost reducer ability is like cool, right? Like mm-hmm. it 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 flies, it has haste, it does a lot of good things really, really well. It's a vampire and a rogue, which is also very, very cool. Um, but it, again, like I think the whole concept of party is that party is designed to be like inherently fair. So it, nothing about it worries me. So then I look at the rest of this card and totally, totally fine. Yeah, I think, not, not impressive, but fun. I think like the one other place I thought about it in, in commander as a commander or as a commander is in like Tim decks, right? Things that like tap to do one damage. Cause this gives yep. no death touch and that's really good. The problem I have with that is it's something that like I've run into even with Kess, uh, Kess crimes, which is like a threaten effect based deck. Like you're using stuff like that steals creatures until end of turn is eventually play. You just kill all of your opponent's creatures. If your deck is so good at murdering creatures, they just won't have them, but you'll lose to like the person playing the artifact deck or the enchantment deck, or just like playing the combo deck that doesn't care about right, creatures. Right, 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 like right, right. not everything is about creatures. You're just going to make that one player who is doing something about creatures miserable and hate you. And then the other player is going to kill you because you actually don't do anything. <laughs> um, Zerith sand, the trickster three blue, black merfolk rogue four, four flash two blue, black return an unblocked attacking rogue. You control to its owner's hand, put Zerith sand, the trickster from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Uh, whenever Zareth Sand deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Um, this card's really cool. Uh, I it like is interesting that it has an ability for constructed, not commander play, but then also a good ability for like commander, and it is a legendary creature. Um, have you thought of just like playing this as like a one of because you might just get someone with a four mana flash? I think it's like kind of in the same vein as the um, what's it called that that like four mana ninjutsu card from Modern Horizons. It's, yeah. It feels kind of similar and like is also very cool. And if you want to like with a great ability for great effect, tap out or if, yeah, basically tap out at that point to try to get a you know haymaker. It's very cool. It's probably not as good as the other one, 
because you have to have like some other things working in your favor. You have to have, like milled them or like thought seize them or something ahead of time. But I like this card. I think this card is totally cool. Yep. 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 Um, that is it for gold cards. We have artifacts and lands left. Let's barrel through this. I, th- I think we're, I am running out of steam to be able to do the um, secret layer conversation. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's let's knock this out. You got you got your act together, man. Okay, uh, <laughs> we're at an hour and 50 minutes so far. Forsaken Monument, five mana legendary artifact colors, creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. Whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. It's, it's like one of the few references to the Eldrazi in the entire set, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they like went real hard on ignoring that that ever happened. Um, really good in every like Eldrazi themed colorless deck in Commander. Uh, like this is just an auto include. Um, I guess this, I think flavorfully, I think this is the, this is, um, Eldrazi monument. I think this is the card Eldrazi monument, but after everything that's happened since then. Um, and other than that, I think it's just fine. I don't, I don't, I don't know where it's like really cool. I like love the art on this card, but otherwise. There's like a bunch of cards that have been printed that make this really good because it's a colorless card. So you can play this alongside like a ton of like the new land we're going to talk about in a second that you can put two counters on becomes a creature behind Mutavault, behind Blast Zone, behind like so many good colorless lands um, with all of your Mind Stones and all of your ramp cards in the world. And like it just becomes very good. I've played against this in Historic a lot already and it's it's deceptively powerful it's really good with karn obviously in your sideboard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a good thing to get a one of with karn like there's just a lot you you can you can the the doubling mana accelerates into huge threats like ugin and eldrazi really easily um it's it's pretty powerful i'm glad it costs five it doesn't cost like four and it has a slightly reduced effect if it costs six i think it would still be playable not quite as good five's pretty pushed though so it's it's pretty good so because karn can get this out of your sideboard and do you think this is a a auto include in modern tron decks or Um, or like a consideration for include i think the fact that you gain the life and it doubles your mana just means that the turn after you play it unless you like are totally shut out you're gonna probably like play two spells and gain four life is probably what will happen. And it does feel like because of Karn, it's an auto include. Yeah, as a one of in the sideboard. It's hard to not want to, it's hard to not want to cast this. Like, I guess you cast Karn, you play your fifth land, you play this. So it's the, it's not the turn after Karn, but the turn after you play this, even if you don't play a sixth land, you'll have 10 mana. So like more than likely, yeah, you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to cast like a expedition map, gain four life well, and, and, and search it- for land, play land. And in Tron, you like turn four Karn, right? Or like turn three Karn, three drop, turn four this into a. So this is turn four. You have 13, 14, 15, 16 mana. You can tap two of them to play this. You have three, four, five, six, seven. No, no, no. You have to cast. You have have to to cast this before your mana is doubled. So you you play your. Let's say you play another. Sorry. Let's say you play another tower. So now you have eight mana on turn four. You cast this for five, and then you have six mana available to you after that. No, no. On, on, if you play another tower on turn four, you have you have ten. You have because you have seven. You have ten mana. And so you play with this for five. Oh yeah, yeah. And then so and then, and then you have and then you, ten. Then, then you have three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven mana. So you can play this and then Karn, big Karn, the same turn, right? Which is like really good, and you gain two life. Or you play a worm coil engine and it's an eight, eight. 
and if it dies, it creates two yeah. five fives. I think that's that's pretty sweet. I don't hate that. Like against some matchups, that it's like unbeatable, and then in other ones, you get the different card out of your sideboard. Okay, Litherform Angel, blah blah blah. Litherform Engine, four mana. Legendary Artifact. This is the thing. This is what the whole set is about. Nahiri found it. Uh, Legendary Artifact. Two mana. Tap it. Copy. Target. Activated or triggered ability. You control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Three mana. Tap it. Copy. Target. Instant or sorcery spell. You control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Four mana. Tap it. Copy. Target. Permanent spell. You control. The copy becomes a token. Um, I believe this is the most pre-ordered card in the entire set. Um, This is the card that... It's really powerful. Like every commander player on the planet, like it, it, it in some ways is an like. There's an argument that this should be an auto included every commander deck ever printed. It does a lot. It has a lot of text. Um, I've played with this card a few times. I've played against it a few times. It's I had it in like a sealed deck, I think, when I was playing limited. Um, you know, it's it's really good. It plays in that same space we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It definitely has a lot of. <laughs> application i play this in my five color artifact planeswalker deck in our arena gauntlet series and uh it's really good it -hmm. comes down and just makes everything better uh yeah i mean i I think i agree with you it it, this feels like one of those cards that's going to be ubiquitous in a like not powerful and constructed necessarily kind of a way but in a commander this card is fun and should be included all the time kind of way you you think there's any chance this gets banned I think there's potential like it, it feels really comparable to um, uh, what's the other artifact that's been banned. The one where you ever cast a spell on tap every permanent yeah, you have yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the engine, something engine. Yeah. Paradox engine. So it feels really like paradox engine to me and it could become too ubiquitous. Uh, it does go like infinite in a few different ways that probably is problematic. The fact that it's colorless, I think was a mistake. I think that's like, honestly, I think powerful mythic, artifacts shouldn't be colorless like this this should be like honestly it should have been five color if i was to to be a person of 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 choosing how things go uh but here we are so yeah i don't know it's 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 pretty terrifying next card is myriad construct four mana four four kicker three uh if it was kicked it enters with a plus one plus one counter on it for each non-basic land your opponent controls so cool little non-basic land hate hate uh, when it becomes a target of spell, sacrifice it and create a number of 1-1 one, one colorless construct artifact creature tokens equal to its power. So has a really cool anti-removal technology, right? Like you make this big 4-4 four, four, generally, or you make something crazy for 7 mana, upwards of a 10-10. Ten, ten. Uh, if you're at 7 mana, I guess it could be a 12-12, right? 7, if they have 7 non-basics. Commander and you're playing this for 7 mana, like which by the way is the same slot as playing like a Psych Rift, so like... You're, the payoff for seven mana and commander is pretty high, but like, let's just say you played this for seven. Probably it's going to come down and be, yeah, at least a 12 12. I would say realistically, in a four person game, once you have seven lands in play, this is probably going to be closer to a 20 20. I think, unless people are playing a lot of basic lands. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking actually more in Tron. <laughs> uh, I, I think oh, in, okay. in commander, this is just fine. It's just like a big creature that, yes, right? Like it, it, it can like combo to create like, a ton of tokens for, for not too much work. Um, and then brawl and, and, you know, in, 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 historic commander, different conversation, but I was thinking more, yeah, like in, in either historic in uh, modern, Ram decks yeah. or in modern where like, once again, this is in your sideboard, you can pull it out. It's a big thing for not that expensive, 
Um, it's not bad at four mana, right? Like it scales up really well. So if they get you on your Tron lands, this is something you can still play and is like still a threat they have to deal with. And whatever they try and kill it, you get an army of one ones that is also pretty good at protecting you and getting in damage if they need to in a trampoly kind of way. So that, that was more my thought. It's target. It's target of a spell, right? So yeah. like they can't path. So it has to be, they have to, they have to like innocent blood you or like an effect like innocent blood. Obviously in modern, you can't, or you, you can't play innocent blood in modern, right? Or did that get printed in? I don't think it, you have to, you have to use it like a, an in, edict in effect. historic now. So. Like Fleshbag Marauder kills it, right? Like you need an edict effect and yeah. then, or, or like Liliana of the Veil, uh, the most played yeah. edict effect in modern. Um, or you need a, um, like a board wipe, like any it's Supreme Verdict kills it. No problem. But, but you also can target it with yours, right? So you can, you can, if you tried targeting it with your own effect or spell, um, it sacrifices it or just, it's just spell. So yeah. not, not effect. Um, all these equipment are whatever skyclave relic three mana artifact indestructible excuse me kicker three when it enters the battlefield if it was kicked create two token copies add one mana of any color so this is kind of like like six mana um lotus uh, uh, a gilded lotus right six mana gilded lotus but it's indestructible and separated tokens so you get like extra token copies for things that care about any artifacts you have or three mana just any of the generic you know three mana it's like some it's want. like somewhere in the like dark steel ingot sort of range uh yeah card's cool i i think i think the i think the modality and the functionality of this card is really 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 fun design space that i'm stoked they went into i think like for commander this is a great card because like there are plenty of players who are just like yeah, yeah i'll just like for six i'll like advance my mana and you're not going to attack me because like i didn't really do anything other than just like made a bunch of artifacts that, like grow my board and, well, and, it, and you know i think itself, in, right like it, it does it does allow you like you play it and you now have three mana so the kicker is free and uh, simply you just need six mana to be able to do it so it's either three mana to ramp you to four or to five on your next turn or six mana that replaces itself immediately with three mana. Um, I think this is actually yep. a, a, a commander staple. I mean like Lotus Lotus is already gilded. Lotus is like a commander staple. It's another card that every deck should probably consider playing. What's cool about this one that's right. different is you can also choose different colors. Something that I get wrecked on with uh, gilded Lotus a lot is just like, Oh, I need a black mana, a red mana and a blue mana this turn. And you're only going to yeah, get right, right, right. right. So, so that's pretty cool. Totally. Uh, and that is artifacts. I don't think I skipped anything that's that that exciting. So, just some lands. We're running out, uh, and then we're done. Uh, first land to talk about is Crawling Barons. Land, tap for one colorless, but four mana, put two plus one plus one counters on Crawling Barons. Then you may have it become a zero zero elemental creature until end of turn. It is still a land. Something that's cool about this is you can activate the four mana thing multiple times in a single turn. So for eight mana, you get a four, four and then the counter stay on. So on the next turn, you can make it into a 12, 12 and start attacking with it. So it does have that cool, like get bigger over time effect that, um, raging ravine has like one of the old tricks with the raging ravine late game was also like activating the raging ravine twice. So you get both triggers. So when it attacks, it gets plus two plus two. So you attack with a five, five or something bigger. Um, I think this card's also being slept on. I think this actually is a really good, like, man land. I agree. I think the other thing about this card that's so powerful is that you can activate it, make it a 2-2, not kill it. You don't have to make it a creature. So mm -hmm. you're like, I'll activate my four mana land, and you're like, I'll plan to shock it. Oh, wait, actually, they didn't make it a creature. So I can't. So now when they activate it again, uh, they put the counters on before it becomes a creature. 
And so then it's a four four. So like that, that's really good. It's mm-hmm. like a very unique, very, very powerful, resilient way to make for the format investment actually worthwhile. It's like a great control finisher, right? Because you can just have it in play, keep mana open every turn. If they don't do anything, put mana into this so it becomes bigger. And if they do something, counter it. Right? Yep. Like every turn. And then and then eventually you have this like four mana hard to kill 10-10 that you're swinging with every turn. Uh, you're good. And then that, my friend is all of Zendikar Rising. We have a Holy smokes, look at that. Our preview of the set. Uh, yeah, I'm super hyped. I'm, I'm excited because this set is... I'm really excited now. A, we built the Cherix deck, right? I built Cherix for our commander stream, our friendly friendly neighborhood crab Leviathan, um, and that was really fun. But now I'm excited also because I'm building a commander deck basically out of this set, right? I claimed Zendikar Rising in this commander league, and so I get like all these cool cards that I get to play with. Um, and I'm really hyped. I think like some of the stuff in this set is just like really, really, really cool. And I'm excited moving forward. Uh, I guess some other notes from like comments that we've gotten. One thing is I, I think we did in some ways underrate this guy. Um, the, uh, scourge of the skyclaves. That's the, like the death shadow. Oh, you, you got yourself a foil, huh? Look at you. No, no, no. It was, it was my, I got like a, a, a box topper, um, not a box topper. It's it's a it's like you would get them for being a part of the pre-release event, but because they're not doing them, the store I went to was willing to just give it to you if you spent enough money during release weekend. Yeah. Um. So I bought like a box, and I bought some of the commander sets because I had never bought them. It was the first time I was in a card store since March, before March, February, yeah. probably because I was out of town so much in March. Which one did you? Which one did you go to? Did you go to uh, Mega Melrose. Hero One on Melrose? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like Formal, for, formerly known as Melrose Comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like they're like really close to me. They're I think actually my new local game store in the sense that they are the most local game store. Uh, I don't. I like that store. Not, I think they, I think they anymore. do a good job. Yeah, yeah. It was they were very nice. Um, I like called ahead of time. They're like, oh yeah, we have a Cherix come in. And I bought like they had like the the new commander set, so I bought all five because I didn't get to buy them before. And I bought this, and they also had the unglued, um, or the un not unglued the un um the like the like already built box that comes with the really 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 cool lands and oh, okay Clamilton. sure sure yeah um because i wanted to have an alexander clamilton deck partially because it's my name and now i can have yeah. alexander and kess and all they need to do is make like a lure card that's legendary and then i can have the <laughs> whole name <laughs> um if there's a wily at some point i'll be wilden uh so yeah that was cool um I, it was fun going to a card store but yeah i really i really I really love this set. I think like obviously people are really down on like how powerful Omnath is and like how powerful just every set that comes out is in standard. I, I, I'm like a little less off of that this year. Like obviously Omnath plus Oko is like just way too good for standard out the gate. But I think part of that was Uro's fault and Uro, not Oko, Uro, Uro being gone, I think helps. I think Omnath maybe was a mistake and is too powerful. Um, and I think that that moving forward, it's going to be banned at some point. It just sucks because it's the front of a card. But I don't think the, I think the rest of the set is really sweet. I don't know. Like, I'm really hyped on this set. It's really fun. And like playing limited has been really fun. I'm like excited to play like Phylath, the world sculptor. I might like just make a bunch of commander decks going forward out of these cool cards. But yeah, I agree. I think it's really sweet. I think I think Omnath is the kind of card design that's like if you were going to put something that powerful into the set, it should have been easier to make it hard to get four colors on turn four. That should have been harder. Like that's too powerful to be able to hit on turn four for decks, but, or turn three, I guess in some cases, but aside from that, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's totally sweet. I agree. 
I think I think Wizards has also learned a lesson between Omnath and Uro, or at least I hope they have, in the sense that like card draw replacing ramp that gains you life should never all be on the same card ever again. Yeah, agreed. I, I hate Uro with all it's my heart. Threat, and I right? haven't played against Omnath that much, but I probably hate that card almost as much. Right, like, um, like it literally has I like, three of the I, I like hate I, I like hate Uro in the top five most hated magic cards of all time. I wow. hate it more than Oko, probably. Well, you haven't you didn't really play much against Oko because it like you were like ah, but I've like played against Oko in Eternal formats. Sure. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's in all of our Highlander decks. It's in all the Highlander you know Arena Gauntlet decks we play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oko is awful, but Uro is so much more frustrating because like Oko is just a planeswalker. So like any destroy planeswalker spell that I have kills it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a single card. It makes it f- great. You made a food token. I'll kill your planeswalker. Enjoy gaining life. Like Uro like exists and it gets you like three life and a card. And then now exists in a zone where I have to answer the whole zone. And like, that's pretty specific. That's a pretty specific thing you're asking me to do. If I don't, then it's going to be a huge problem. And like, it's just, it's just not fun. And the fact that it comes down on turn three in the first place, but it's not answerable the turn after it comes down by most basic matrix. Like I have to have the thing that answers a weird zone makes the card really pretty miserable for me. Right, right, right. Um, and I guess last question is what, what do you have a favorite card from this set? Is there a card you're the most excited to get your hands on or that you've played? With I think already? probably that flying, the, the flying one, three rogue for two is like, I think amazing. The, the, I really like both of the two ones in blue, the one that copies a spell and the one that steals an artifact. They're both excellent. Um, I think some of the lands are really cool. I love the flip lands. I think they're excellent. I like really love the design on those cards. I, after having played with them a bunch already, I just am like, man, these just feel perfect. They're like, I never am let down by what I have to do with the choice. They don't cost me any life. They're, they don't get worse as the game goes on. They're just like super solid. Yeah. 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 I think, I think I'm like just really happy with the cool stuff they did with red this year set like red played in so many cool different spaces like and all over the place like valkyd exploration is really cool valkyd awakening is really cool um like hellkite tyrant right or not hellkite tyrant what is it called leyline the four mana four yeah yeah. yeah, like i love that morog fury of akum is really cool the extra combat steps magmatic channeler we talked about um even just like the, the land stuff right where you like you get to like the ping exile card um cleansing wildfire is like a really, really sweet card. Like I just like, they like they did all these really cool stuff in red that I'm, I'm really hyped on. Uh, I'm really excited by, but yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think like other than the fact that Omnath is this big, big pain, pain, blah, 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 pain point. I think this is, this is on my list of some of the more favorite sets that's come out. Like there's so many cool power level things that are like interesting that I'm, I'm really hyped for. I haven't bought a box in a long time and I bought a box of this set. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm going to be following suit here in the next couple of days. I'll be buying my my Commander League uh, box. Yep. So all about it. Also, really hyped on Balagid Recovery. Just like other cards as I'm looking through this, that's the the regrowth, regrowth on the land. Regrowth. That's also a land. I'm all yeah. about it. Yeah, that card is so sweet. Um, all right. So it doesn't exile itself, right? Like that's also really really important. Um, yeah. So, uh, regardless, that's the end of this episode, <laughs> uh, and the end of our, our Zendikar rising set review. Um, please go. If you didn't listen to the other ones, check those ones out. We had a bunch of hot takes on all those kind of stuff or not hot takes, but like, uh, you know, strong thoughts 
Um, and we're just really hyped about the set. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out the Patreon. Like, like comments, like, comment below. I already think I mentioned reasons to comment, but make sure to also like. Likes really matter, uh, and commenting really matters for the algorithm. So it like really helps these videos do better. The more you comment, the more you like. Um, and we'd love to hear from you guys. And 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 make sure to follow on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Follow us both on Twitch. You can find him at twitch.tv slash Wiley. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Ben Bateman Streaming. I am going to hit Mythic tonight on Arena because I've been playing a sick rogues deck. Yep. And and you stream every Wednesday night confirmed, right? That's your big magic night streaming. And then we do yep. uh, my my channel at Kess Wiley. We do uh, the um, commander stream every Monday. And then the videos live on YouTube as well. Uh, so definitely check all that out. We, we really like to hang out with you guys. Um, and once again, thank you, Marshall. We know set reviews are, are uh, a barrel of, of fun to get through. And we apologize for how long these were. And we just don't we don't know what to do because we've added more formats that we talked about before. We could just like, yeah, this card is never going to see play in modern. Never mind. But now it's like, oh, wait, right. Commander is like a big part of what content we're making. Um, cool. Cool.